Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Oh, so good. I don't know if you watch the Kardashians at all, but I'm like obsessed with Courtney and Travis. I really am. I are think one deserves a love like that. I know. Did you see the did you see the wedding pictures? Like he was like kneeling. I was like, what is with that? That's so weird. He's so wildly obsessed with her. And I want yeah. someone so wildly obsessed with me in a healthy way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Totally makes sense. Yeah. Well, um, how's it going on your end? You know what? Not too bad. Sundays are quite busy for me. I'm, you know, I'm at my uh, day job and then I do my podcast and then I go to my other job and then I go home. So I love it. Yeah, you have built this incredible fan page. And I absolutely have to say I've admired it. I actually think I followed you before I was even on season nine. Um, but I love how you're just so Switzerland with it, right? It's just like, here's the people, here's the content, do as you must, right? Because for people that do appreciate the show and want somewhere to go other than the pretty nasty Facebook groups, it is probably yeah. one of the most entertaining to follow. I'm also a little jealous we didn't get taglines. And then there's another part of me that's like, <laughs> glad we didn't get taglines for multiple reasons, but... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so awesome that you actually like watch my page. Sometimes I forget how many people I have influence over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like sometimes I forget like, wow, like 80,000 people follow what I post. Like that's so crazy. Yeah. So insane. But I, I forgot to do an opening on my last podcast. So I'm going to do it this time. <laughs> Take the reins. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast. This is Pop Off with James. I have the amazing Heather from season nine. How are you? Oh my gosh, so good. It's Sunday. I decided why not have a little champagne. So I'm um, excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you for doing it. I appreciate it. So how is doing Blow Deck? Do you miss filming? Like, mm -hmm. what was it like? You know, I think from the minute I touched down in St. Kitts, I mean, other than the quarantine we had to do, you know, there yeah. weren't a lot of seasons that really had to go through as extensive of a quarantine. I think we were told we were going to be in for seven days and I was almost in my hotel room for 14 days. Oh my God. The room without being allowed to leave. I think towards the end, after you like test negative after a week, they would let you out of yeah. the room one hour a day and I was actually starting to get so stir crazy <laughs> I remember calling housekeeping once and I was like hi can I get some sheets a spray bottle a couple microfibers and I was like telling them like I need to clean this room like I've been and in you're here like how is your day going <laughs> yeah, I like, when I would call in my food order I'd be talking to the chef they're like hi Miss Heather how's it going I was like great how are the kids how's your dog doing I've like never seen this man outside of my hotel room but I was Aww. like anything for some personal connection but yeah. um you know that was quite an interesting process and I would love to see that like I think it really made a difference on not only how our cast members acted but also how the guests acted because yeah. each one of them had to be in for a week so you know oh, did I, they yeah. they had to do it for a week as well it wasn't two weeks 
No, I think um, NBC and Bravo's protocol was really strict. Like anyone who's coming to St. Kitts and being on the show had to be in quarantine for one whole week before they were allowed out. So I think yeah. the guests had an option of like, this is the kind of house Bravo will pay for you, or you can pay for this much nicer house to stay in. And like a couple of the guests paid for that one. And some of them were in this one and had like an awful time. They were like, already hating each other like that one charter where the guy told me to go fuck myself and they were like a nightmare they were in the shitty house and they were just like ready <laughs> to get out of there and you can see that they were filled with rage and just like you oh. know make the most out of their charter that they could you know other than the whole quarantine aspect of things I truly had the time of my life filming I really did I absolutely loved it it was such a blast yeah you know, I put uh, a banner up on my Facebook, you know, interviewing Heather and so many people were like, she's my favorite cheese stew. Tell her she's amazing. Like all this stuff. So you are very well liked on my page for sure. So it is so crazy being in South Florida when I'm not working and I'm not on multiple boats. There's like a huge, I forget how big the show is until I like actually go out to dinner and people are like, oh my God, wait, stop. Like you're my favorite <laughs> chief stew and you like, you don't expect it. And people yeah. always have to take pictures when I'm like hungover in my sweatpants and I like have to think about it. I'm like, maybe I should just Instacart today because I don't feel like being bombarded <laughs> or asked to take, a, I'm not going to do anything with this today. So I'm just going to like stay in. Yeah. No, it's. It's really sweet. There's such a cool following. No one has ever come out in front of me and been like, you suck. I hate you. Go die. All those people are keyboard warriors. Yeah. But the majority of people that follow the show that especially that I run into in person are all just such awesome people. And it's so fun to say hi and what's up. So it's pretty neat. So there was uh, an article written that, what was I going to say? Um, Kate. You and Kate used to know each other. I'd love to know like the backstory on that. You know, we never knew each other before. My season, it was, I'd just gotten back from filming and I just, your mind runs a thousand miles an hour for yeah. nine to 10 months. You've just finished filming this thing and you just sit here in silence for like 10 months waiting for the trailer to come out for people to know. And you just sit and you're like, what are they going to use? What are they not going to use? And yeah, I'd try to talk with my family about this experience, but none of them would get it. They'd try to like give me advice. I'm like, look, I'm not looking for advice. I'm just trying to understand what the fuck I just went through. <laughs> So I thought to reach out to Kate. So I sent her a message on Instagram and I was like, oh my God, longtime fan. I absolutely adore you. I just finished filming and I don't know which way is up or down or what to do with myself. And I would just love your insight and kind of how you handled yeah. this. And she reached out right away and was like, you're so sweet. Let's go get espresso martinis this weekend. And so we kind of linked up and it was... I'd only planned to stay down there for like a cocktail and I ended up like passing out on her couch drunk, waking up at like seven in the morning. Like I need to get my <laughs> life together. Thank you so much. Call you later. Oh, <laughs> so did she kind of um, give you some like advice and help set you up for being in the public eye stuff that you wouldn't have really been prepared for? Did you guys get to talk about that kind of stuff? Yeah, she, that's where she was like such a great lighthouse for me. She really yeah. kind of like guided me on this like, 
this is what social media is going to be like. This is what that's going to be like. You know, don't you dare think you're ever going to have um, things are going to go your way in your head, right? Like you just have yeah. to let go and ride this roller coaster and enjoy every moment of it. And, you know, don't try and she's like, don't get Twitter fingers. I'll never forget that. She was like, don't go on Twitter and start like talking shit about everyone. Don't take to all the things and talk back. Like you're just better off sitting back and letting it all play yeah. out. So that's really where she was the best help. Aww. Um, so, sorry, I have like questions down here. <laughs> But um, I really, I was looking through your Instagram and I was looking at your tattoo that you have up here and I thought it was so dope. I was wondering if you could tell us about that. So um, being born and raised in Hawaii, I was always around uh, tribal Hawaiian tattoos. Yeah. And I have a really heavy yoga practice. And I really had gone to this woman named Leilani who does tribal tattoos based on your life story. So yeah. she kind of drew this one, knowing how I grew up, knowing my love for Hawaii and also my respect that like, I am not Hawaiian and I'm not an ancestor to that land, but I love it so much. And it is such yeah. an integral part of my soul and who I am. Uh, and so she kind of just designed this piece as like a protection piece. You know, it, it shows the moon phases, but it also has a lot of, you know, tribal insignia that means like protect you and guide you and my respect for the land. So it was a very special piece to me when I got it done and still is today. Oh, it seems like like a very like appreciation piece for yeah. for like where you grew up and everything. So that's pretty cool. Definitely. Is that the only tattoo that you have or do you have any other tattoos? So funny you say appreciation piece because I actually have 1942 tattooed on my hip uh, solely oh. for the fact that I appreciate 1942 tequila. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you have like, do you, is that what you say all the time when people ask or do you have like a different story? Like, oh, that's when my dad was born or something, you know? No, and I, I, I remember after I got it done, I called my grandmother and I was like, wait, what year were you born? And she was like, 1943. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> one year. Well, maybe conceived in 42 so it can have like double meaning right <laughs> yeah so true um so I, I can't really like picture you doing anything else other than yachting mm -hmm. so I'm wondering before yachting like were you at like McDonald's or like the bookstore or something <laughs> like I can't picture it bookstore would have been cuter everyone loves a hot librarian yeah. but um no I worked at a lot of coffee shops I was such a caffeine freak um, and yeah. during college, actually in high school and college, I worked at this one coffee shop and that's where I fell in love with like making people's drinks. And this kind of like slowly transfers into yachting, but I started to recognize how much it would like make people's morning. I had like the yeah. 4 a.m. shift. I was the person like there setting up the store and giving all the 5 a.m. grumpy people their coffee. And I just yeah. loved it. And it became back then I was like, I'm going to open up a coffee farm. I'm going to own a coffee shop. Like it was my whole dream. And uh, I started being a server. I moved to San Francisco. I was going to go to college for a coffee roasters degree and all this kind of crazy shit. Oh my God, you weren't kidding. Like you were <laughs> I really wasn't. <laughs> oh my God, I was so all about it. And then I had turned 21 and I had come up with this idea that I wanted to make like a coffee shop that was like a bookshelf and you would turn it in the middle of the night and it would turn into a bar. 
So like it would be this rotating door idea of a coffee shop <laughs> slash bar. So maybe I'll get there one day. Yeah. But um, somebody's gonna steal your idea. I know. Oh well. We'll have That's to cut that part. <laughs> yeah, we'll say that. That's for you and I. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I had moved to San Francisco and I'd I'd met a boyfriend and we both had heard of yachting and we Googled it and we're like oh my God, they make how much money in tips after a charter? And we're like, this is amazing. So we quit our jobs and we bought a van in San Francisco, fully planning to like van it down to Florida. And we made yeah. it one state and we broke up with each other. We're like, we can't do this. Can't do this <laughs> thing. I don't know why yachties all want to live in a van, but like, that is not for me. Been there, done that. Like my hot showers, I'm going to skip. Oh God, but, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, then I just decided... I'd go to Florida on my own. So I flew to Florida, did the training, and three weeks later got my first job. I actually ran into Captain Lee in my first month, right Ooh. out of STCW. They used to always hold these little like cocktail parties once a month called uh, Triton events. And it would be captains and chefs and crew would all come together and they'd give everyone free booze. So obviously everyone would show up. <laughs> And it would be like a networking event. And back yeah. in the day, Lee would always roll up. And I remember being like, oh my God, so nice to meet you. I just got into the industry. Do you have any advice? And I specifically remember him saying, just don't give up. He's like, don't give up. It's going to get hard, but you know, you can make a really great career out of this if you don't give up. And I started being like, oh my God, I just met Captain <laughs> Lee. And then I like put the photos side by side. Five years later, I was working for him and I just like could have never expected that. Did he remember you like when you walked onto the boat or? God, no, he probably gets bombarded by <laughs> people. But I think I showed him towards the end of the season. I found the photo and he was like, he's like, wow, would you look at that? I was like, right, who would have thought? Who would have thought? He's like, well, clearly you thought, so good on you. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I guess. There you go. <laughs> uh, do you have any like favorite um, um, Captain Lee-isms? Lee like <laughs> one of his sayings that just stuck with you or anything like that? I have told him numerous amounts of times he needs to make a coffee table book like I told him hire some kid straight out of college have them watch every episode from season one forward and write down all of your one-liner lines and sell that coffee table book because god he had so many I mean the one time he said it looks like a bear fucking a football on a Sunday oh god I can't or the Sunday pew, sitting on a pew, Sunday at church. Like he has so many ones where you're like, where do you even come up with this? Right. My favorite one when he was like, what was, he was like, oh, I'm going to eat their ass. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> that day when I watched that air, I went straight to Twitter and I was like, refresh. I want to watch all this roll in. People being like, wait, did Captain Lee yeah. say he was going to eat my ass? Sign me up, right? There are so many people <laughs> all up on. That was so hysterical. He's such a gem. I was going to have you on, so I just went back and, like, rewatched a couple episodes. Yeah. And I remember in the first episode, you said something about being in Italy cleaning dildos. <laughs> Can you tell us a story about that? <laughs> it's like, what? I know. God, I think that was... 
2016 or 2017. Yeah, I had joined a boat in Italy and my chief stew was walking me through my jobs. I was the second stew and she was telling me in my cleaning caddy, I had a sex toy cleaner. And I was like, <laughs> what is this? She took me into the master room and she opened up the Mrs. Bedside drawer and there were like four dildos lined up and like some other things in there. And she told me that when I turned down the bed at night, I needed to always check the drawer, make sure that they each of their batteries were full and make sure there was nothing on them. And if there was, use the cleaner, put them back in their drawer and close it. And I was like, this feels like an ultimate low. I was like, you can't even rinse off your own dildo. Like, give me a break here. Yeah. Did you have to like serve them food and like look them in the eye after? Like, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You sit there and you're just like, I just cleaned your schmear off your dildo. Here's your potato leek soup. <laughs> oh, God. But also, like, on our off time, when they weren't on the boat, the chiefs would make me, like, go in the closet and pick up every single one of their pairs of shoes and, like, pluck out the rocks from the grooves underneath their tennis shoes. So it was, like, a very meticulous job. So you can yeah. kind of get the understanding of why when – Someone can't even remember to put a towel in a head or take out the trash bag. Why it absolutely drives me crazy because I've been trained by like these yachting Nazis that it just, it's like, it's hard for me to understand how like the basic things get missed. <laughs> it's so true. Like I worked in a restaurant for five years where I was a manager yeah. and just the level of people, what they forget. And you know what I mean? It's just, insane so I know what you mean and I wish other people who watch the show could get this like we recognize people have a life we recognize yeah. that there's thing you can get exhausted you your hormones can be all over the place like there's reasons why we forget things and we're the most understanding but it's when people are in denial like they're hot shit and their shit doesn't stink and you're the mm. reason why are you such a bitch about this it's <laughs> like no I'm just telling you don't forget yeah. the basic things like, but you can obviously see why it's such a top hit TV show. Cause there are so many ways where someone's just trying to come across communicatively, but someone else is like, oh, bitch, what? So <laughs> it makes such good TV. Yeah. I noticed that you were really good at like approaching people on like a certain level and you never really seemed like, like you're bullying anyone. That's what I noticed about you. And I think the biggest thing that you can be is if you're stew two or three is you need to be trainable. You need to be open to feedback. I think even if you're not the best stew, that's really what can set you apart from being like really shitty to, to like up there. So hundred percent. I think for so many years, I just focused on being the best right-hand man I could possibly be. I yeah. would be like, tell me when I fuck up. I'll always be the first to admit when I fuck up, like there's no better way for you to learn and grow. And like, you know, you can rely on me. It's not that I was like sucking up to my chief Sus, but I wanted to know that they felt confident that I had their back. You know, and I feel like some stews or any crew member is like, no, I'm way better than you. Don't talk to me like that. It's like, we're all here for one reason. And that's if we work together, we can get there a hell of a lot quicker and have fun. But mm, everyone loves an ego check. Let me tell you. <laughs> I know. So it, on your Instagram, it looks like you're all over the world. Do you ever have time to watch the other Blow Deck seasons? It's so funny you ask. 
I just got back to Florida. Oh my God. Like three or four days ago. Yeah. And I've already completely caught up on Australia and completely caught up in sailing. I think night one, I watched all of sailing in one just package. Cause I was like, well, let me just clean my room and put on sailing. So, um, and I'm, I love Asia. I've always loved Asia. You yeah. know, I'm really good friends with Anastasia. So I watched her season after we kind of got a lot closer, I rewatched her season. I was like, Aisha is just such a great girl. And that's so smart of them once they're in Australia to bring her on. And so I'm, of course I have to watch that. It's hard not to. What, what are you more into right now? Sailing or down under? Oh, I think I'm into both of them for two different reasons. Like I yeah. love how like messy this love triangle craziness is always with Gary on sailing, but I'm also really in love with watching like how they're handling these leadership problems on Australia. Cause it's like, yeah. I totally get where Jamie's coming from. And I also totally feel for Benny because if he would just be, People would just approach him with respect. He seems like the kind of guy who would go to the ends of the earth for you. So totally. it's like, they're both so addicting to watch because it's like, what the hell does Gary put on? Gary must have one of those pheromone perfumes <laughs> he sprays every day before he walks out for work because I just don't get how everyone <laughs> flocks to him. Yeah. Like, and no offense to Gary, it's not that you're not attractive. I just like. Yeah. He just doesn't even have to try. It's like. Okay, so I'll have you first, I'll have you second, I'll have you third, you know, like they just jump at him. And yeah, he is attractive, but it's like, wow, like they just throw themselves literally at him. I feel like the mental aspect of knowing that person is off limits, right? I feel like a lot of these girls are like, oh, wait, oh, yeah. you told me you're with Gary. Like, mm, I love a challenge, right? Well, it's so crazy what the cameras do to people as well. Like it almost entices you. Like you want to prove that you're better. You want to prove that you can be the one that gets him or even on the other side where Ashley like just needs to be second stew. It's hard to watch. It's so hard to watch. These people don't realize if you just like did your job and laid back and didn't care about these things, they would all fall in your lap. But I totally get, I just get it. Get it. So speaking about Ashley, you know, Gabby, do you think that you would have handled the Gabby situation any differently or would you have any advice for Daisy? Oh, that's hard. Yeah. Some of those episodes I would watch while I was on dinner service. <laughs> when I was in the Bahamas, it would be a Monday night and I had dinner service on the aft deck. I would put below deck on in the main salon and I would have it playing while I was like walking in and out of doing my own dinner service. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. I would see bits and pieces. I mean, that's so tough. I would have told them to, to like hash it out and they would try to, but they would always do it at the wrong times when they'd be drinking or. Yeah. You know, I think Daisy handled it exactly the way she should have. Like, that's your guys' issue. Like, you need to sort it out. I'm not your mother. But also you can just see how big Ashley's ego is. And she needs to know that she's the better one. And yeah. that can obviously just create friction between an interior team. When you know somebody else wants your job and they refuse to respect your title as a second stew. And then that just obviously pushes Gabby out. So it's a whole like it just falls, right? It falls down from the top. And like the cameras are probably a whole other element. Like 
they don't necessarily know what's happening until yeah. they kind of see the interviews and kind of see the other scenes, right? So okay. she probably didn't see the full picture. Oh yeah, it's yeah. so hard. And I can only imagine from Gabby's point, like watching all of this, like what she would say about her too. I mean, heck, I experienced that on my season. I had no idea Fraser was saying all this stuff under his breath. I had no idea what the get your shit together, Heather. <laughs> oh, honey honey to my face everything was fine and you had my back but the minute I'm not there you know that's a knife that is really hard and I think I tried to hold my head high throughout the whole season airing to like no this plays out better we have a really good friendship but I don't think it ever played out better it never she never really was that supportive of me even when I wasn't around so it's kind of interesting cup of tea to sip but yeah are, sorry to interrupt you, but are you guys still in touch? Like, would you guys say that you're friends now? Or I look, I mean, obviously, regardless of the drama of talking under your breath, um, yeah, I absolutely love who Fraser is. He's such yeah. an incredible man. He's such a hard worker. He's so sweet. He means so well. But um, you know, I don't want to say those are fame hungry moments, but that's what that feels like. Like, let me say a good one liner that will keep the eyes on me and you know that yeah. just felt like at certain times he would choose that over the integrity of our friendship so I mean it's noted in my book but no we're absolutely great I love him to shreds I support him in all that he does I know he's been being a chief stew here and there now and I oh, nice. absolutely <laughs> love that for him he called me not too long ago and was like I'm so sorry. I love you. You taught me everything that I know. I'm so grateful for you. So I truly have no hard feelings, but I, I guess what I was trying to admit was, yeah, watching all of that hurt. And yeah, um, for sure. But it doesn't mean that I don't love him to pieces. We all have our gossipy moments. Yeah. He really did speak under his breath a lot when you're watching the season. I don't know if it was like a nervous thing that he does or, or what that was about, but he did do that a lot. eh? I mean, it's, there's so much pressure too, when you're like doing yeah. these side interviews and it's just you in a room and they're like, talk about Heather. You're like, ah, I mean, well, like she's great, but she could also do this. You know, you're yeah. able to talk shit. It's just how it rolls. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I have a funny story about him is, uh, one day I got a DM from him and it was like this video. And I was like, I was like, oh, okay. So I like open the DM. I open the video and it's like him and Jake and they're like drinking. Mm-hmm. I think you were, were you there too? Somebody else was I in the background too. With them in Miami. I think that was it. Yeah. yeah. He, me- he meant to send it to the below deck account, but it got <laughs> sent to me in- instead. <laughs> oh my God. I think I do remember him talking about that. He's yeah. like, oopsie, wrong page. <laughs> And I was like, I was like, what do you want me to do with it? And then he's like, oh, just post it before they do. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so much fun in Miami. We maybe got a little too wasted. I have such good content from that night. I've been always like, should we post the Miami content yet? And it's like, well, we'll ride it out. We'll wait to see when that comes. But I miss Jacob yeah. Fraser so much. They were such a blast to hang out with. It was too much fun. Good vibes. Yeah. I always thought that there should be for cast members that aren't going back to Blow Deck. Yeah. I always thought that there should be like a 
another show like Life After Blow Deck, oh you know, God. in like Florida where everyone goes. And, you know, I think it would be like the most awesome show ever. Yeah, I think they started like a pilot of a show like about crew houses. Yeah, I heard about that. You've heard about that one, right? And they, which is like a whole monster in its own, man. Like when I first got into yachting, my crew house, you're like, they pile like eight guys in one room and like two girls in each room and everyone just gets like fucked up and you all hear about day working jobs. You create your CV together and you, it's like a weird estranged family that you never lose touch with some of these people. I don't think I actually, there's like two people from the crew house that I still talk to, but yeah, it is such a good idea because it's just a crazy world when you're on charter and even when you're not. It's just as wild. Because even so, there's so much talent that is just not getting lost, right? Because, yeah. But do you have anything to say about what was plastered all over the news about you guys getting paid not enough and all that kind of stuff? Oh, I think I'll bite my tongue on that one. I'll save myself the war. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't bite the hand that feeds you, I guess, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's a lot to be said there, but, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, eventually everyone will get their good karma. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you doing these days? What can we find Heather doing on a typical day? Oh my gosh, Chief's doing it up. I think I have been nonstop, you know, when the camera's not there, it's just, I'm still doing it. I'm still just a Chief's do 24 seven. So I just got back from a really hectic Bahamas season. I was in the Caribbean earlier this year. I'm headed back to the Caribbean in 10 days. So it's just like, it's never ending. But I did have a moment a week ago where I was like, I cannot fucking do this for much longer. I am really? so exhausted. <laughs> I feel like I look like I'm 40. There's no break no. Time in between. And I think even with watching the show, I realized yeah. sometimes I care way too much. I just care about it way too much. And that's one of the reasons why maybe I am so good at my job is because I take it so personal. And 90% yeah. of the guests I work for are such assholes. Rachel is such a dime a dozen because you don't come by, wait, what's a dime a dozen mean? Does that mean? <laughs> um, is that the positive or is that a negative? If you say you're a dime a dozen, you're a dime in the dozen or? No, I think that's bad. Else? There's a lot of her, which means yeah, it's no, bad, no. I think. No, Rachel's <laughs> a diamond in a pile of rocks because the <laughs> absolutely suck so I'm just getting over dealing with like the egos it gets hard sometimes but you know what about chef ryan what do you have to say about chef ryan (laughs) i mean come on that's that ego the of the like i'm just gonna serve the food or what do you mean she wants something else on her oysters what do you mean this is what she wants to eat like he feels like it's an attack on him and it's like, yeah. girl, you paid all this money. Just give them what they want. Just pure communication. Like, you don't need to be. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, a chief stew or something talking to the captain like that? No. Yeah. Even he talked to her on the crew night out when he was like, yeah, just take my criticism. Like, it's probably, you could, you could take it a little better or something. I was just like, how do people bite their tongue anymore? I just... Yeah get 
Oh yeah, was that when he was like cuddling up to her and he's like, "Oh, I like that we can just fight and like." Well, he started it nice, and then he was like, "But don't ever ask people how many yachts they've worked on. Don't don't ever do that." It's like, whoa. I know he was actually on my very first episode of my podcast. (laughs) I I didn't see it. Was he a little bit cooler, calmer, chiller? You know what? From my dealings with him, yeah, I can't say one negative thing about him you know he was like on time he was totally cool you know what I mean if I hadn't seen that side of him I wouldn't have even known exactly but he did kind of like trash Asia a lot in the interview and then people started coming after me like why would you give this guy like a platform and blah 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 blah. so it's kind of like stressed a little bit is free great free game like it's gonna happen later right totally totally Yeah. yeah Can we talk a little bit about the elephant in the room or do you want to skip over that? No, we can talk about it. Okay. Um, so has, has your life been affected at all since what happened between you and Raina and like the whole world kind of seeing that play out? Have you had any experiences like professional or anything like that where that kind of yeah, I've had two dream job offers that have offered me the job with an incredible salary. And then both incidences, they've Googled me and they like saw the apology on my Instagram or they read some of the articles and they were just like, yeah. uh, we don't want to be associated with this. You know, we run high end companies and we don't want anyone to find out and put that on us and say that we are associated with something like this so um sorry that happened to you just happened again like maybe not even five weeks ago you know it's really difficult and um I'm trying to just look at it as every action has a reaction and one day the reaction will turn in my favor and until then I'm just going to keep learning the lessons and taking the hits until it kind of subsides you know that's that's a good way to look at it you kind of have like an optimist outlook kind of you know this is how it's happening right now hopefully you know as time passes kind of thing yeah but I think it's just the way that the world is right now no 100% I mean 100% the world is just in a very interesting space and a space that we've needed to be in too you know like these things have totally needed to be addressed um in episode 12 I think when I apologized her I can't remember what episode it was when we sat down before a crew day off like I had found out at the end of a charter and that night we all went out so I remember being like okay She's already started drinking. I don't want to talk to her right now. I don't want to talk yeah. to her drinking. I don't want this to be an escalated thing. Like the so chief like, stew in you, right? Yeah, I was like, this could just go terrible. Booze is involved. Like, I just don't want this to get rowdy. So yeah. I was like, I'll do this tomorrow before we all go out for the crew day. And I know it kind of caught her off guard, but I just wanted to get the elephant out of the room and do it before we all started drinking. Yeah. And, you know, we had that heart to heart. And we talked about it. Like, yeah. I just wish there could have been open and honesty on like, hey, 
kudos to you for apologizing, but I don't need to accept that. I'm going to work on my inner stuff. I, we don't need to be friends. We can work together and just move on. And I would have like much rather appreciated that because if I think we're all good, I'm going to be my exuberant wild self. Like, Hey, what's up? How's it going? Cause that's how I keep crew morale going. I'm just, I don't, I don't withhold any bit of myself. So I just wish I kind of yeah. would have known that's how she really felt. Cause then I wouldn't have been so like hard pressing on trying to create a relationship with her. So yeah, that's an elephant in the room too. It was like hard to sit back and see that. It's like, I was being led one way and you're telling everyone else another way. And that's the, that's when it gets hard. It's like, I wish right. people could just have transparency really. She doesn't owe me anything, but like yeah. to know that would have helped me to help the situation. Yeah, definitely. What I wonder in other workplaces, maybe uh, an option would have been to kind of pause everything, like put down the cameras and then have like that open conversation with the crew and everybody and then kind of agree is this going to end now or is this going to be kind of like a storyline for the rest of the season? Do you kind of wish that you would have done that? So it, so maybe it wouldn't have been used or, you know, it's like a very sticky situation, right? I, I think maybe they could have had a season without adding all that inside. Yeah. I mean, the episode, when you see Fraser tell me why rain is upset I blacked out that night. Like, I don't remember much. I could see it in my eyes when she's like talking to me in the crew mess. I didn't remember much from that night. So when he told me it like had hit me like a ton of bricks because I did not just work so hard my entire life for this to be the thing that people learn about me from. Yeah. Um, Because that is not my character or who I am at my core in any way, shape or form. You know, especially the way that I grew up, it was like, this could not be happening. This is an attack on my integrity and who I am, but I made a fuck up, but you know, just the scariness of like how that can be taken. Everyone's yeah. allowed to have an opinion is where it, you know, it gets heavy. So um, had I wished they could have stopped and dropped the cameras and talked about it? Hell yeah, I do. Are you kidding me? What do you mean? If I could have stopped that whole, they could have told me go fuck Jake right now on the bow and we'll leave it all out. I would have given them the best show of their <laughs> lives, you know, like I really would have, but, um, you know, unfortunately that's not the cards we were dealt and, you know, we didn't really have much other drama than that. Our season, it's not like yeah. someone was hooking up with a thousand people. So it's, uh, it's tough. It's tough. Well, looking back, do you kind of almost wish that you would have maybe just like walked off the boat and just kind of quit the show or so that, wouldn't have been your storyline or I it is it has crossed my mind in the past like I should have just left yeah um but again like I said I didn't really understand the severity of it you know had I known that it was being talked that much about behind me and without my involvement and in another way than how people were portraying it to me I probably would have but to my understanding it was something we were moving forward from that she felt comfortable that, you know, everyone was kind of on the same page. That's what yeah. I was told. But if I'd known that it was just going to play out, I don't know. That's a tough question. I don't ever want to think I'd bow out of something. Like I said, I'll always admit when I'm wrong, but that doesn't mean I can take myself out of my livelihood and remove myself from a situation. Um, 
it's hard because workplace environment has to be cohesive and healthy. And to think yeah. that I'm someone who made that not, there was an investigation, you know, there was, did we handle this the right way that it should have been dealt with? There was a sit down, like both agree. Behind the scenes, you mean? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. There, well, and Lee talked about it at the reunion. You know, there was an investigation done by HR. We have an HR team that is part of NBC, part of Bravo. They interviewed every single crew member. Like, did we handle this the right way? You know, yeah. if they, it was handled to a T the way it should have been. So um, I, I don't think I would have ever walked off because I always want to prove myself that I am not that person. And I want to prove to other people that, You don't need like, to run away and hide. It's yeah. a teachable moment on the ways of, you know, even though the word wasn't directed at someone and it wasn't calling yeah. someone anything, it wasn't attacking them or their character, even if it was just parroting and mimicking, like yeah. we all need to be a hell of a lot more conscious and aware of the weight our words hold. And Absolutely. a very teachable moment on, yeah. you know, how other people have really deep trauma and how mm -hmm. words can trigger that and put people in a really bad mental place. And especially yeah. in an already stressful job, I totally see the weight that that had on her and yeah. pain of someone's ignorance causing someone's trauma is the lesson, right? My ignorance of just thinking I'm mimicking and that being okay, which I never, it wasn't okay to me. But the pain that that causes and seeing the whole train reaction is exactly yeah. maybe why, although it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, I'm glad Bravo showed it. Because if I can help anyone else learn or, you know, open their eyes to how we need to all be more consciously aware of our vocabulary and triggers and people's trauma, you know, I'm glad that they could show that and make it a teachable moment. I just wish there was better things to show. <laughs> you know what? That was put perfectly. I think that was like the greatest answer you could have said. So yeah. That's tough. Thank you but for I talking about that. Nothing but the best. I really do. It was really difficult. Yeah. I tried reaching out to her a couple times after filming and um, she reached out to me right after we filmed the reunion and just said, thank you. That was nice because I did. I apologized with my hands in my heart again. I said, I'm sorry for my ignorance, you know, and I don't think I, I never want, I don't expect you to ever forgive me. And I don't think I will ever forgive me for that. I really won't. It is something yeah. I've thought about for so long and continue to think about and affects my life daily. And as it should, it was a fuck up, but I just, I pray that it's not something that holds a weight on her. And I pray it's something that I see the end of eventually. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, it, everything happens for a reason. So yeah. maybe this is just to kind of, you know, be a message to people and right. that thing, right? So, right. Um, I have one game for you. Okay. Oh, give it to me. Okay. Um, so, if you remember back to the very first episode, I'm going to read you three lines. Can you tell me which was your very first line that you ever said on Blow Deck? <laughs> <laughs> Can you remember or no? Okay. I don't know. Okay, so the first one is, it's really windy. What's the knots at? Oh. Okay. 
The second one is, hi, Sean. Super stoked to be here. Very excited. Okay. And then one more. Um, you know, when you pop a bottle of champagne, it's like pop and it gives you those chills down the back of your spine. I would say that's my personality. Oh my God. Okay. The first one, I, I know I said all three of those things, right? Yeah. The first one I said was obviously I'm excited to be here. And then I said the windy thing, which I find is so hysterical, right? What the, what the, the knots at? So, be, so excited to be here. Yeah, that was what you said first. Yeah. <laughs> Just so excited to be here. I, I remember being devastated when I walked in that door and didn't see Lee. I Aww. actually had a mini panic attack. I was like, oh no, what did I get myself into? What did I just sign up for? What's happening? I was having this whole like midlife crisis right before the show had even fully started. I was like, oh God, what's going to happen? I don't want to work with anyone other than me. So. Because you even went and like looked at the the bags of clothes and you were like, oh, but the bags is Captain Lee, but that's, you know, what's going on? Yeah. I know. That was my first thing. Daddy was like, hi, nice to meet you. What the hell is going on here? Please tell me <laughs> coming at some point because I, you know, it just gets terrifying. Lee knows the machine of chartering so well, you know, the thought of yeah. being another leadership is terrifying. You know, I don't ever want him to retire or leave this industry ever because just working under his guidance is so refreshing. So, you know, the Aww. thought of it being anyone but him is terribly scary. Well, I really, 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 really hope that we see more of you and that uh, I have to say that you're one of my favorite chief stews. And thank you so much for doing this interview. Like, I really appreciate it. Of course. I am so grateful we could do this. It's been a blast. And yeah. uh, until next time, well, cheers to that. Pop off with James. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, can you tell us where we can find you on your social medias? If you have any businesses or anything like that you want to plug? Ooh, well, obviously you can find me on Instagram at Heather Kapilani. I feel like nobody knows how to say that part of my Instagram name. So here's the plug on that. It's my middle name. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Heather Kapilani or Twitter as the Chief Stew or TikTok as Chief Stew Energy. Ooh. Um, I have to say, I like your email. Your email was so like exotic. <laughs> well, Ocean Heather admin. I just that a couple years ago. I was like, okay, I need to cut it with the college email addresses and keep it yeah. yachty. <laughs> yeah. So send your love letters there, ladies and gentlemen. Or uh, <laughs> my Venmo is Heather Capiolani if you're feeling like a little tip. No. There you go. <laughs> You guys are so lucky that you have Venmo. We don't have Venmo in Canada. Well, stop it. We have uh, e-transfer. Have you ever heard of that? No, actually, I did hear that recently. I think I had a friend from Canada. I was like, we'll just Venmo you. And she's like, uh, no. <laughs> it's literally somebody will email you money and it goes into your bank account. That's so weird. Weird. Yeah, isn't that strange? Okay, well, plug my email address. Email is... <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much. I loved interviewing you and having you. You were a delight. So uh, this is Pop Off with James. This is episode five. So awesome. you're welcome back anytime. Thanks so much, James. Until next time. Take care. Bye. Bye darling. Nice to meet you.